0: Toyota's Labor Day sales event is ending soon. Save big with 0% APR on 13 of Toyota's top-selling models like RAV4, Camry, and Corolla. Don't wait. Toyota's Labor Day sales event ends Monday. Toyota, let's go places. Click the banner or visit buyatoyota.com. It's time! With Bruce Buffer. And now, it's time for the voice of mixed martial arts. We are live! It's
1: Bruce Buffer.
0: Bruce Buffer.
1: From the shores of Malibu, where the waves are pumping, to the Great Wall of China, and back to the streets of Shenzhen, China, where the UFC is coming. We are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show where we talk about what you think about but maybe you're afraid to voice. Do not worry. We will voice it for you. We talk about everything on It's Time news, politics, President Trump, film, TV, sex, drugs, rock and roll. It's no holes barred radio, folks. That's what we talk about. And we're about to have a hell of a show today because we have scheduled for today a very.
0: Advancements in the medical field are giving nurses faster, more effective results than ever before. They should expect the same from their education, too. Capella University's game changing FlexPath format allows you to set your own deadlines and leverage your experience to move faster through your program. So, the faster you move, the more money you save. When you're ready, we'll be here. Visit capella.edu for a trial course at no cost to you. Capella University. Don't just learn, learn smarter.
1: Special guest, none other than the heavyweight champion of the world, of the UFC, of MMA, let's just face it, of the world. I'm not going to mention his name until I mention his name because we're going to take a very quick break and we'll be right back with the champion of the world. It's time! You asked for it and you got it at BruceBuffer.com. Championship introductions at a special rate are now provided for all of you as a keepsake for life like you are being introduced like a champion in the cage. Just go to BruceBuffer.com. Specials. For championship introductions, weddings, birthdays, voicemail, and business recordings. I'm here for you if you need me. Check me out at BruceBuffer.com. And now we're back on It's Time Radio. And now, without any further ado, our special guest. But before I bring him on, I have to say, ladies and gentlemen, born on this very special day, August 19th, 1982, standing six feet, four inches tall, a great father a great husband, and the heavyweight champion of the world, happy birthday, Stipe Mioch. Hey, Stipe, great to have you on the show, brother.
2: Hey, I just want to say I want to have that every day when I wake up, every morning when I wake up, I want to hear that. <laughs>
1: I'm going, to send, I'm going to send you an audio file later today, Steve. Just for you, I promise. You got it. You got it. I love it. it, dude.
2: I love it. Thanks for
1: having me, dude. Uh, it's, it's so great to have you on the show. You know, I just want to give a little history real quick. Everybody who's a UFC fan, which is every UFC around, fan around the world, knows that you won a spectacular fight to become the two-time heavyweight champion of the UFC on Saturday night. An amazing five-round war. An amazing give and take. Uh, we're going to go into the fight. Usually after the fight, everybody is so ecstatic about the fight, so ecstatic about the accomplishment, which you were, because I now I know that Stipe Miocic can dance. We saw that, okay? So I understand you got your moves, Stepe. but people, the first thing Stepe said, I get in the octagon. It was a couple weeks ago or last week. I, I wanted to have you on the show. I didn't hear back from you and your wonderful, beautiful wife, Ryan. And Ryan, as soon as I'm walking the octagon, she looks at me. He says, Bruce, is going to do your show next week. The first thing she said to me, right? Then I get, you know, as lovely as she is. Then I get in the octagon, and I'm congratulating you. And the first thing you say to me is, I'm going to do your podcast next week. I'm going to do your podcast. So I'm like, Stipe, please enjoy your moment. You just won the championship of the world. Stipe, thank you so much. You are one of the coolest, nicest human beings I've ever met in the UFC, and that's proof of the pudding right there.
2: No, I appreciate that. And I feel, yeah – I always tell you I get on it, and then always something happens or I don't get back to you, and I feel terrible. I just wanted to let you know that I was going to do it, man. I just, you know, you're, a gr- you're a great guy, and that's why.
3: I, I appreciate I feel this is a ruse, Buff. I feel like he was actually talking to Rogan, because everybody tries to get on <laughs> Rogan's show, and you thought he was talking to you, and he's
1: a nice enough guy to roll with it. Hey, Rogan's not the only sheriff in town on podcasts. So- <laughs> that's okay, true. Let's just, let's just face reality. That's true. He's, right? just, he's just the sheriff that has all the money from it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I will give you the definition. Absolutely. Joe makes a hell of a lot more money than his time radio makes, it, no question, and very well deserving. He's changed the face of podcasts, so a huge fan of Joe's, we all know. But let's get back to the man of the hour, the man of the week, the man of the year, Pay statistics show that you are the potentially, if not in most people's minds, the greatest heavyweight of all time in the UFC, as well as the, one of the greatest heavyweights, for the, excuse me, the greatest heavyweight statistically of all time in mixed martial arts. How do you feel about that, and how do you rate yourself?
2: You know, uh, it's amazing accomplishment. I it, it just to uh, be put in a category with so many like great fighters. It, it's amazing. You know, uh, I, uh, I you know it's it's mind blowing. At you know, first, you know, I never ever cared, but then you know, I thought about it more, especially with my daughter. I just want her to be proud of me and just show that you know I accomplished something so good in my life. You know, it's fighting. <laughs> you know, I just want to show that I you know I did something. You know, I, I provided for her, and you know, I did it the hard way. That, you know, I, I through grit and grind, and you know, I just showed that, you know, I was something, and when I started that, you know, hard work, you, you, you do hard work, good things happen.
1: You know, good things do happen, and, and it's very popularly known that you are a, Now, am I correct in saying a part-time fireman? Because you're not full-time, you're part-time, correct? No, Is that I'm how trying to
2: get full-time, I'm trying to get full-time, but I'm part-time as of right now.
1: <laughs> okay. All right, so now what is. And, and just what, real quick, Stipe's the only dude that's
3: a UFC champion trying to get a full time job. Everyone else trying to get out of a full time job. Like, that's really
1: admirable, <laughs> Stipe. That That's cool that you It's kinda, amazing. Yeah. I, I just picked yeah. up on that when he said that. Think about that. But, Stipe, I know because I have so much respect for firemen, as we discussed before, you know, growing up in Malibu for 35 years plus and, and all, I've been through every major fire out there, had my house almost burned down twice. My, my child at home just burned down last year that finally got hit by the fires. Um, but the firemen have saved my home many times, as well as our lives. Okay, I have so much respect for the male and female firemen out there, as I have respect for you tremendously beyond my respect for you all already. I know firemen work three, four-day shifts. Help me out here, where they're on on shift 24 hours a day. They got their three, four days off. What is a part-time fireman? What is your schedule, and how do you work your training with your schedule?
2: So, uh, with the part-time, the parents I work at at work at. Um, a month in advance, I get to pick my schedule, so I kind of know what I'm going to be working. So I, you know, it, I'll be say it's August now. I pick the beginning of the year, beginning of the month. I pick my shifts for September.
1: Gotcha. And you so
2: know, I already uh, know what I'm, so I know what I'm working. Or if I have a fight, I know what I can train. If I can work at night, I work more weekends, like Sundays and Saturday night. You know, or if I have a, a day a day off for training, like on Wednesday, I work Wednesday day.
1: You know, Stipe, you're you're a state hero. You're a state hero and champion, city hero and champion everywhere you walk in Cleveland and around Ohio. I would think that the th- the powers that be at the fire department are happy to give you whatever sketch you make to keep you on that path. But if you get a full-time job with them and you consider you still have a long career ahead of you in UFC as long as you wish to fight and make the kind of money, the great money you're, you're making and going to be making more, does that full-time presence still stand out? If they say we're going to hire you tomorrow, you're full-time. How is yeah, that I mean, going to interrupt it, your future? How does that work?
2: Uh, I, you know, I'll make it work. I always, I always do, you know, I work at two departments. So nothing really hasn't changed. You no, know, I'll still be working a lot, but also it's not about me. It's about my daughter, my wife. God forbid something happens to me. You know, I have a pension. I have a benefits that can be taken care of if I something God forbid happens to me.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and I know that that pension's wonderful. The way that works. Great. Yeah. Go for it, Steve. I think, I think it's awesome. So now let's talk about your future in fighting. Okay. Daniel Cormier, it's up for question now if you have retired him Saturday night, in essence, or if he chooses to retire. When I think about the potential fights for Daniel Cormier, obviously, just like for yourself, John Jones comes up for everybody. But in Daniel Cormier, considering the money he's making and the fact that he is on the precipice of retiring before even Saturday night occurred, the only real money fights for Daniel is you on a trilogy and John Jones. Where do you see your next fight coming? And do you see a trilogy fight in the winter of this year against Daniel Cormier?
2: So, I'm the worst person asked this question, especially right after a fight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Cause right now I'm uh, I'm just laying low for a little bit. Like it's, you know, we had a lot going on in this camp. Uh, you know, I actually, <clears throat> I, we, we just moved to a new home. You know, thank God my rockstar wife did everything. She got the movie, she packed everything so she could let me train and not worry about it um you know, she did she really did everything like i would be a hot mess if i had to deal with everything she she killed ryan,
1: me so ryan I'm, is amazing behind every great man uh, is a great woman and that is a perfect uh, example of that saying right there
2: yeah she uh, she's she my rock man she will oh, thank god for her but uh yeah um so and you know and, and having that and then um you know and it's want to so enjoy the house and i'm a little beat up you know my hands a little beat up, my face you know and I just want to relax a little bit and just let my body heal and just, heal, you know, see where it goes from here. You know I mean? I'll fight anyone, like I say, all the time. But right now, I just want to heal, enjoy myself, and, you know, a little bit summer last. We have a pool now. I just want to enjoy the pool and just with my daughter.
1: And so deserving, and you should do just that, exactly as you planned. One thing I did notice during the fight, okay, Daniel Cormier could probably make a great fireman. And the reason I say that is, part of your training is you got to pick up the 200-pound bag or the 150-pound <laughs> bag. And- up yeah. and down the stairs, watching him lift you up. I got to say, Stipe, but just standing there and coordinating for that slam that he wanted to hit you with, I think he would make a great fireman. What do you think?
2: Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I was up there for like 10 seconds. I'm like, what are we doing? Is he going to DDT <laughs> me or something? Like, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> you, know, you know what?
3: I actually uh, forgot all about that because Stipe reversed the roles and got a takedown on Cormier. Like, that, that was, uh, I hate to say it, just as impressive as – uh, Cormier holding you up there like that, Stipe. I'm I, no nobody would have bet that prop Miocic takedown plus one.
2: Yeah, I uh, I appreciate that. And honestly, we got that first take. I'm still mad about that first takedown. Like, I was doing everything right. I was smart. I was trying to get around, and I just like lit up for one second. And that's why he's an amazing wrestler because he just knows and he's strong and he has great hips and he got me up in the air. I'm like, God dang. You know, I was in the air. I was more not worried about getting slammed. I was more just mad at myself because I, I got to that position.
1: <laughs> How was the power? DC's punches?
2: Oh, you know, he hits hard. You know, he definitely hits hard. I mean, I mean, I, you know, he's a heavyweight, so they all hit hard. Um, right, you know, especially, right, right. Gatto, you know, he hits super hard, of course. And, like, you know, Mark Hart, those guys are just kind of like off the charts. But, like, you know, DC definitely hits hard. You got to watch out for him. He definitely catches you and go to sleep.
1: Yeah, I think he some experience in that one, but the redemption, <laughs> yeah. redemption, as they say, can be a bitch or it can be a pleasure. In this case, it's both right. depending, depending <laughs> yeah. on who you are. Hey, real <laughs> quick on that
3: topic. Uh, throughout the, the broadcast, John Annick was quoting Daniel Cormier, who said, uh, Stipe, you may have a, a refreshed chin. And a lot of people feel like That's not something you can work on. But I feel like in this fight, maybe Cormier was right coming into it, thinking that you were going to be able to take, you know, just as powerful, if not more powerful shots than in the first fight and walk through it. What do you credit your ability to take his damage with uh, in this fight? Because, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to question your chin moving forward after this fight.
2: Yeah, no, um, you know, I, This was the last fight. The first fight we had, you know, he called me, ran the button, it happened. I don't care who you are, how great your chin is, you get caught in a button without expecting it. That's the punch you don't see is the one you get knocked out with. And that's what right. that's what happened. Um, but this second fight, you know, honestly, I I, uh, I was more refreshed. I, my body was fresh. My mind was fresh. I wasn't as like physically worn down from doing all the other things. I, I felt good. You know, I felt like. At ease with my body, you know, because like I feel like I was getting pulled in a lot of directions, like before the last fight. Not making any excuses at all. It just it, it comes with the territory. It's it, it is what it is. And uh, this, you know, having this thirteen month layoff and enjoying my daughter, enjoying life for a change, and just doing the fun things with my family, my friends, and my like, teammates and training, and not worrying about anything, it was like a blessing.
1: That's a vacation, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it was. Honestly, it was. It was. It was fantastic.
1: <laughs> yeah, very cool. Very cool. Are you going to take any kind of vacation for are you? You going to take Ryan? than the kids and go anywhere or just be happy to be at home?
2: Uh, just happy to be home. We're home by it. We, like, that's when we got a bigger house, not bigger, bigger, like a bigger house, but it has a pool. And so, like, now, like, we're, we're the type of people, like, our family, like, we like to have people at our house and have parties, not like, crazy parties, but just, like, have people over, hang out, eat food, and drink wine and just enjoy ourselves. That's that's how people are, and this is this house is perfect, and that's why we got it.
1: Well, from what I'm understanding about the way that UFC 241 was trending before the event, and I'm sure you've got a nice pay-per-view deal for yourself, hopefully on the back end, which you don't have to go into. But let's say that's happening, I think you're going to get a nice check coming up. So you may want to add an addition to the house, or maybe move to another house. <laughs> or... <laughs> oh
2: God, no! God, my life is coming because
1: I said this. <laughs> is, it, is it moving a pain in the ass? I hate moving that's It's one of the things I can't stand until I'm in the new house. You know? oh,
2: no, no.
3: Okay. I was just going to say, Bruce, he, he's a Midwesterner. It's not about getting another house. It's about getting a winter home, you know, somewhere where it's 80 oh. degrees <laughs> in the middle of December, something like that. Oh, no. Yeah. I,
2: I can't keep care of one house. I'm a good guy. My wife, like I said, my wife's a rock star. She, she's OCD, so everything's clean. I mean, it runs off on me, so that's good. So I'm OCD now too. But, man, yeah, there's no way. Yeah, I, oh, God, I can't do that. I would be too much. You know, see, it is bad packing and moving, but the only good thing about moving is you get a r- rid of a lot of stuff you don't ever you forgot you had that you don't need, and then you find stuff that you forgot that you needed.
1: Yeah, exactly. Unless you're a hoarder, then you got a whole nother problem. Exactly. Yeah,
2: that's that's terrible.
1: <laughs> so I know I, I I assume you're a big football fan. I think a lot of people don't realize that you you played uh, baseball for Cleveland State University. So you almost went professional, didn't you, as far as a baseball player? Did you have, like, major league baseball teams, like, looking at you? Oh no,
2: yeah. I, I got looked at, but nothing more than that. It was just, you know, I mean, I'm a big guy that can throw the ball hard, kick the ball far, but, I mean, there's a lot of guys that can do that too, you know, and, uh, you know, it, it didn't go my way, but, you know, listen, I'm glad it happened the way it did because look where I'm at. Man, yeah, exactly. I, w- I would
3: hate to be a pitcher that accidentally beans Stipe Miocic. That would not <laughs> be a good time.
1: No, that'd hey, be look, like. I'm
2: a, I'm a lover. I'm a lover, not a fighter. I'm-
1: Unless you're getting paid, baby, then the, then yeah, the whole thing changes. Yeah, yeah. shark guys come into it. I right, listen, Stevie. I want to. I want to talk to you about a subject that's up in the news. You are, in my opinion, a role model, and I'm very big on this when it comes to professional athletes, especially my beloved UFC. We have young kids watching. We have uh, people emulating the way the fighters move. This, that, and the other. When Conor McGregor came on the scene. Doing all he did for UFC and MMA and bringing in the eyeballs and creating that you know di- uh, charismatic personality and everything and then led into incidences which caused fans to become non-fans. Reports I've heard is even his own country, you know, it's like half love him, half don't. But they'll all buy the pay-per-view to see him fight. The latest incident is now um, where he punched the older man in the Irish pub, and, and it can be interpreted the way you see it. The way I saw was he walked in with proper 12, around two thirty three 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Great time of day to be downing some shots. And goes up to the bar, offers everybody or the people there a drink, puts a glass in front of an older gentleman three times. The guy got his back to him, basically turns around, faces him, and it ends with Connor punching him in the face. How do you yeah. feel with the with everything that you've done to get where you're at, with everything that in respect that I've done in 24 years in this industry, with Dana's done, what we all do to to, to shine to be the, the to, to shine and, and show the beautiful, incredible, amazing, respectful martial artists. And I guess there are a few that are not, but in this case we're talking about Connor and the transition of his um, brand and everything. He's made a lot of money with Proper 12. And now I'm noticing when I looked at a post that happened yesterday, I I I'm a marketer. I look at these things. Pardon me while I'm being long-winded here. I look at these things and what I noticed on the four hundred and some comments on one thread he made where he's made the cover of GQ that seventy percent or more of them now are criticizing him, are down on him, are blocking him and not following him now because of what he did by punching the old man in the bar. How do you okay. feel when you saw that? In respect to where you're at and everything we're trying to do to emulate and elevate the sport, how does it affect you? If it does,
2: okay. First, off, like that was awesome. What you said, long winded. That was awesome. I'm gonna start using that word. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I'm, I'm <laughs> i already long-winded here, too, uh, just to explain it. But um, I, saw, uh, I saw a video, not I really didn't like, look at it, but I saw the video, and someone asked me about it, UFC or whatever, someone asked me about it, and I said, you know, you never punch anyone, especially the older person, you know. I was like, but here's another point, though, is there's his story, kind of story, and the truth. We don't know what was said between them, but I still said, you don't hit anyone. From you know what I'm saying? You, you sort of do that. And with myself, I never put myself ever in that position. I would never, and I worked too hard to where I've gotten where I can jeopardize what I have for my family. And then we have, you know, and then we're, we're, we lose out. I I honestly, if I, you no know, joke, right, before, right when I won the title the first time in Brazil, two weeks later, we had a, a bachelor, bachelor, me and my wife's bachelor, bachelor probably joined together. And I actually hired a security guy to be with us for the whole weekend because I didn't want any, you know, problems. Mm-hmm. Cause I was just, you know, I wouldn't take any chances like that. But yeah, and then, and then I saw and then I watched the video more and I saw a guy saying, no, I don't want it. I don't want it. And, and now I see that. I think kind of just got pissed to dude was like, listen, I don't want your shit, bro. And that's when he got pissed and he punched me in the face. That's uncalled
1: for. Absolutely. Uh, but he hasn't been arrested. He's had all these situations which involve arrests. Many other people would have been arrested, especially when you look at how New York treated him with the attack on the bus, uh, the stomping of the phone and all. I, I- I've said this before on the show, but you know, Steve, when you're in an individual and you're finding yourself getting involved in these situations, you can't blame other people. You've got to look at yourself and say, why do these situations happen? It's because I'm creating them. That's really the yeah. bottom line. And it's gotta stop. You and I, and I'm speaking for you now, I'm speaking for TJ. Whether it's what happened to Mike Tusson, whether it's what happened to others, I can go on and on. It doesn't it's not just in boxing and MMA. It's in every sport, if not even film and entertainment i've seen people make a lot of money i've seen people be on the road to amazing success but i've also seen them lose it overnight or over time this trend has to stop or something you know he, you never know what could happen in the future there could be one incident as this thing is escalating into the incident where he could wind up in jail or he could wind up losing a lot of money it's time to check yourself as it's been time for him to check himself for a couple years now i hope well, I, think, I-, I hope it happens
2: well, I think a lot of times, too, with these people that I get, like you're saying, that have made such success and lose it over time or overnight is because they, put, they, surround, they surround themselves with people like they, I call them, yes, man, yes, sir, yes, thank you, yes, you know, kiss asses. See, do you know what I'm saying? So they feel like they're mm-hmm. invincible. So, like, you know, they say i a great idea. Like, that's a great idea. It might be the dumbest idea in the world. And they're like, oh, that's a great idea. It's just to, like, because they don't want to, you know, upset them. So they think, you know, so everything they do is the right thing to do. So they feel like everything they do is the right thing so they can never get in trouble. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, that's one thing I'll never share I make sure I have a very really close-knit group of friends, and that's
1: where mm-hmm. I keep it. Very smart, because when you surround yourself with sycophants, when you surround yourself with parasitical-type people that hold on and want to be a part of the entourage, this is what we see happen. Listen, I— I just want to see it all come together. I want to see the man fight. I want to see the man do things. I want to see respect. I want to see all of that. But when you have a clothing line, when you have a a liquor line, when you have that and people turn on you, sales drop. Things change. And it can happen again overnight. This is life. So it's time to watch yourself. It's time to check yourself, Mr. McGregor. That's all I can say. With all respect, and I can't wait to announce you next time you walk into the octagon, as I always enjoy. And we'll see what happens. But, you know, Stipe, you Go ahead, go go ahead, Steve. Peck. No, ahead.
2: I couldn't say I couldn't say it better myself. I mean, honestly, just honestly, I would just just sit down and just 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 look at everyone you're around you and just honestly just start chipping away people you don't need.
1: Yeah, that's the key. You know, I started doing that in my twenties because I realized yeah. that negative people, people that are not driven, whatever, it was going to draw, it was going to slow me down, halt me, and prevent me from the goals that I need to do. It's it's a hard choice sometimes because sometimes it's friends you've known for years, much less business associates. But I'm telling you from experience, it has to be done. You've got to cut people out of your life. You lie in you lie in with pigs, you can come up smelling like shit. Isn't that the term? I forget uh, what exactly how it works.
2: That's a, I don't <laughs> know, that sounds great though to me, man. That's amazing. <laughs> but, uh, no, but you're right, though. But like, yeah, you chip, and I feel like when you're chipping away, those people that you need in your life will find you.
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly. I, I'll tell you, the, and get off this note on one last thing for me. The biggest thing that bothers me is with greatness comes great responsibility. We've heard that before. You're in that position right now, Stipe, in the, in, the, in the niche of the world in which you're holding now as champion. In this case, you have to I, – I just believe that we need to do the right thing because people emulate us. So I'm just hoping, again, this happens because he has the chance – he had the chance to be the greatest role model in sports ever, ever. His backstory was amazing. And now there's been some glitches and glides here. I just hope it goes back to what it was going to before. And that's all I want to say. I'm a big, big lover of being a role model and standing for what is proper in life call me old fashioned, call me old breed it's who i am period
2: well i think i think we need to get back that way i think that's the way it's good, gotta be i think we, we kind of lost touch of reality as, as you know the newer generations gone up i think we lost that you know that touch and uh like with me like you know i when i was uh coming up 94 i was, here, but I was coming up and people knew i fought ufc i mean i would walk into a bar and people would shoulder check me and stuff like that and i wouldn't you know, what I mean I would never ever ounce of like like have an ounce of like pain hey, I gonna kill him. i just say, hey man, you alright? You know, you want a beer? <laughs> you
0: know what yeah. I mean? I was just
2: like bend it, you know what I mean? Like I'm not looking to fight, dude. Like I'm here to have a good time, you know, and like, like the only time I would ever cross that line is and if, if someone did something to someone I loved. You know what I mean? Like right. yeah. that's the only time. Protection, you know what I mean? But uh yeah, I mean like and that's why I, like my close enough friends, like if something ever happened, I know like they would they'll jump in front of me before I would do anything. Do you know what I mean? They'll take it. They don't care. Do you know what I mean? Because like you have too much riding on you know, and that's why I love my friends. because they if something ever happened, they would jump in front of it and take take do whatever they got to do and they're like, you go leave. I got this. You know, like that's why I love my friends.
1: Absolutely, this way it should be, and I'm with you. If anybody touched my loved ones, as the saying goes, without going into dissertation, been there, done that, and it's not a pretty situation. But you know what? You got to protect who you love. Period. Got yep. it. Yep, exactly. agree. Hi Steepy, I want you to have the most relaxing time, healed up. How how sore is that body? Did DC beat you up a little bit?
2: I mean, I was sore. I was sore on Monday. I, on Sunday, I was. Uh, it didn't help with the far plane ride, but uh, I was good. I got to hang out with my daughter the whole time, so I didn't care.
1: And so how old is your daughter now? Is she two? She,
2: no, she's uh, 13 months. She just a A month ago, I think it was. Yeah, about yeah, ago.
1: yeah. Because I remember. When I did the uh, the the birth announcement uh, for,
2: but I got yeah. so so much praise for that. They were like, "He is so awesome." <laughs>
1: God,
2: I was, it was the greatest thing ever. Thank you so much. By the way, I always tell you, thank you,
1: thank you. You're very welcome. The same thing will stand true when number three uh, comes. Okay. <laughs> no, <sorry. laughs> are, you plan- are you planning another one? Come on, Stephen. you going to go to number yeah, three we have- or what?
2: Oh, we're, we're yeah. I mean, we're happy with one, but of course we're going to try some more. I want to get an army, but we're happy with one. But of course, more the merrier.
1: All right, well, I'm guessing three, so I'm there for two and three. I just want you to know I've made that statement, and I'm always there for you. Even if I do it in 10 years, I'll still do it for you. I promise. Thank you. you the best. All right. Stipe, please give Ryan my best. Thank you so much. Enjoy this moment. Enjoy everything going on in the future. I wish you nothing but the best. You're you're an awesome human being, and you're an awesome example of what it takes to be a champion. Thank you, Stipe, sincerely.
2: Right, thank you so much. You have a great day, all right?
1: All right, you too, buddy. Take care.
2: Right. Bye, guys
1: if he has twins buffer it's on you like you're going to have to pay for one of them you just <laughs> jinxed it i but you know they're such a lovely couple i just see them as a family with a brood of kids you know that's why i said oh. the 3 you never know
3: you you meet people and there there are just certain people that are so great where you you're like i hope you do make as many human beings as possible because the world is a better place with more people like you and uh, man what just seriously what a man's man stipe imichic is
1: without question and you know that goes along with the last topic we cover with him because you're absolutely correct in what you said um let's go on to some news that was definitely cool great to have the champ on the show
3: hey he's not uh, up Jay- there really either he said he's lying low so that's uh i don't, I don't know what he has or hasn't done necessarily as we talked to him here on this tuesday but uh i haven't
1: heard or, or seen too many things with them buff so that's a good get he's He's a humble guy. Oh, oh as far as bringing on the show, I think it was on an Ariel show yesterday. Yeah. But, but like I said, though, he's
3: not doing the gamut. It's it's he's picking and choosing. And yeah, uh,
1: yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, that,
3: that, that moment in the octagon where he talks about the podcast with you, I think it's yeah. actually on camera. I'm not even kidding you, because he says something to you and you take a step forward and you chuckle. And I I was actually thinking, well, he was supposed to be on the show. So I wonder if they're talking about that. But I'm like, nah, there's no way he just won the heavyweight championship. He probably isn't even like, you know, with
1: both feet on the ground at this moment. But sure enough, sure enough, that was the first thing you said to me. And uh, did he ask Joe Rogan to be on his podcast when he's being interviewed? No, he did not. No. Take that, Rogan. Yeah. There we go. That's oh, boy, that's not proof of the pudding. I'll yeah. tell you. I mean, we're coming <laughs> up in the world. We're coming up. Hey, Coming up. <laughs> Rogan's number four. We're. We're on our way. (laughs) All right. Um, The plot thickens on the story that we spoke about last week. The Epstein autopsy and Jeff Epstein, the man that uh, supposedly committed suicide in his jail cell last week, found that there was broken bones in his neck. Let me tell you a little more about this before we go into the next thing. Um, Actually, I'll go into the other thing. Jeffrey Epstein also was found out that two days before his death, he signed a will. Okay. Two days before his death, it was over half a billion dollars. Two days before his death. Now, Brian Buffer, my brother, retired police officer, has handled many suicides. We had a long conversation. He found everything from children to adults, hung this, that, and the other. The thing about a broken bone in the neck, when you hang yourself, okay, it doesn't break a bone in your neck. Bones are bo- broken in the neck from blood trauma, and also when you're hung and you take the fall, you know, when you're on the, the hangman's stand and they open the door and you drop, the gallows. that breaks the The gallows, the drop, breaks the neck, okay? Being in the suicides he has found, there have been no broken necks. Yes, there's been asphyxiation, and you've died. So there's a big question here. There's more to come out on this story, TJ. I'm not going into conspiracy theories, but these two things I just mentioned, something is funny in Denmark, okay, or shall I say New York, at the Metropolitan Correctional Center in Manhattan. I'm very interested to see where this is going to go. I
3: mean, this is my whole thing. When we were talking about with Sammy, I I don't have a problem with you bringing up, quote unquote, conspiracy theories when you're backing it up with evidence and supporting evidence. And largely you're saying, you know, the same sort of thing that that Sammy was. But you're bringing me some something to chew on, if you will. Yes.
1: Yes, exactly. And that's that's one of the points I wanted to make. So we'll cover the story as it goes on uh, week to week. Something very sad happened. Uh, you know that I'm a big supporter over the years of Wildlife Way Station, the mm-hmm. place for animals, lions, and tigers. After the fires, which caused devastation uh, in areas to the Wildlife Way Station, after many, many years, Martín Colette, who founded the Wildlife Way Station, um, has now had to close it down. So no. now the Wildlife Waste Station is so sad. They're closing down the Wildlife Waste Station. And what I'm worried about is where are they going to put all these animals? Where yeah. do all these animals? Oh, man, that's uh, so sad.
0: And are so... those animals
3: in any sort of condition to actually be, you know, moved and transported and, and find a new sort of way of, uh, you know, life, you know, where they're going to go? Like, it, it's an emotional thing, too, for, for animals. We always talk about, you know, the physical well-being and nursing and, and rehabilitating animals. But mentally, I mean, heck, we're talking about moving with Stepe Miocic and he says he doesn't want to do it. It's hard work. It's also hard for animals to be relocated and moved.
1: Yeah. Very hard. So <clears throat> just a sad story. Like, you know, I, I love animals. It's just a sad story. I, re- I really can't comment beyond that. Yeah. Uh, another thing, the, the climate of the world is in serious trouble, OK? Iceland now, scientists have basically bid farewell to a glacier that was lost to climate change. I don't think people understand how serious this is when we lose – or, or these big ice glaciers melt. It can be so disastrous. And they're really watching this closely. You know, this, this affects the whole ecosystem of the world. So, again, something to really, really be worried about. But now, teaching, you know, we talk about plastic, you know, and how it's wandering the oceans and they find these big messes. Well, now in the Atlantic Ocean, okay, um, they've now found another huge supply I do supply. How do I how do I say this TJ a garbage another island. huge Garbage Island another garbage Island the oval shaped body of water is around a thousand miles wide and 3,000 miles long TJ Yeah, it's bonkers. I mean come on seriously Where are we going? Where are
3: we going? I mean here's the problem like climate change and, and things like that is a very uh, contentious topic uh, between you know the left and the right in in politics and My belief is this you can argue all day about what may be causing or what isn't causing climate change. You can't argue the fact that we're going through climate change. Like there's, that's not a debate. We are, we're losing, you know, uh, icebergs and glaciers like, like it's nobody's business. And I guess what it comes down to Bruce with this sort of stuff. And and also with this garbage Island is like, when do we make a decision to try to do something to change it? And, as long as we're alive and we're a species that plans on you know, procreating and staying here until the end of time, we need to do something to better the situation. I don't want to get into a, a topic about what anybody feels causes it or doesn't cause it. We need to do something to clean it up and make it better.
1: Well, we do need to do that exactly, but you know, one of the other byproducts of the situation is is that now scientists are saying that food is going to be scarce. It's going to be more expensive. And it's going to be less nutritious due to the climate crisis that's happening. Yeah. It's, change, it's changing what kind of crops farmers can grow, mm-hmm. okay? Because what's happening is some climates are becoming too hot for right. what farmers are growing right now. Some climates are causing more flooding and more snow and more moisture in the air, which also could limit what will be growing. So now they say that in this report um, that the quantitatively food nutrition could also decline. Let me give you an example of what I mean by this. Wheat that's grown at high high carbon dioxide levels, for example, will offer now, due to climate uh, issues, six to 13% less protein in the nutritional value that it has, four to 7% less zinc, and five to 8% less iron. This is all from experiments they're doing to test this. We're looking forward to not being able to sustain the amount of food we can have for the populace, which is all the more reason for the companies like Beyond Meat and these companies that are making food, whether it's from vegetarian or otherwise, mostly vegetarian uh, sources, to create food that's sustainable for our future because our natural ability to grow nutritious food is now on the decline. Yeah. Again, this is friggin' scary.
3: Right. I mean, he, the biggest thing about food and change and, and climate change, and to me, like, it's really the same thing and they go hand in hand, but the, the water supply. Uh, water is the most important natural resource uh, we have and we require to thrive and, and function. And, I mean, look at every other planet we've ever discovered. There's not life on it. Why? Because there's no water. Water is the, the source of life. And uh, I, I'm afraid, I mean, uh, look, look at the wa- water problems we have here in Southern California. Where do we get a lot of our water? There's a lot of water that comes from the Central Valley of, of California, Right. They grow tremendous amounts of crops there. Uh, They don't have enough water to grow things. And right. And and when there's not enough water to grow things, we lose jobs. It's all, uh, you know, cyclical. And and it's it's I don't know, Bruce, it's it's weird. I feel I feel like we're just we're incredibly smart creatures, yet we argue about the stupidest things at times. And this whole climate change and and potential, uh, you know, famine. Uh, and, and water uh, shortage. I don't. I don't know why we're not all on the same page on this.
1: Well, not to go too much, but it would be nice if our president of the United States and the people involved would take a much more uh, act proactive on what is something that's extremely devastatingly nah, possible for it, our future.
3: It's just easy to shrug and say nothing, and then if someone gets on your nerves, call them stupid.
1: Yeah, or not believe it. Climate control. I need to go farther. Right. right okay. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, then you have the other end where you have beautiful beaches and everything else, like we have here in Southern California, you know, upstate, uh, Fiji, Tahiti, you name it. But get this a couple was on the Italian beach in Italy, of Sardinia, right? They are now facing up to six years imprisonment for removing sand from the beach in Sardinia they were on vacation for. Wow. They removed 14 plastic bottles, which basically contained – I don't know why they did this – 88 pounds of sand were seized from the couple. So now they have been arrested. They have to report to court. They risk a fine of up to $3,300 American, but between one and six years in prison, and chances are they won't get that, I would guess. But still, well, if you're going to be vacationing in Sardinia, folks, don't don't pick up the sand. Lie in it. Right. Put around in it. Make, it, make a sandcastle. Yeah. Don't take it home.
3: Yeah, no, don't do that. I mean, it, it's weird. Uh, what what people do sometimes?
1: Yeah, very very weird, very weird. And there's another report here, but I can't get the story. A Welsh town, figure this one. A Welsh town is going to install anti-sex toilets that'll spray users with water. I've heard about this. They, yeah. Yeah, but how can you tell if somebody's having sex in the in the toilet so, or in uh, the in
3: the... Yeah, there's there's a couple of ways I've heard about it. Like one, there's just like a scanner in the uh the restroom that can tell whether or not there's more than one body uh um, so there's it's, it's sort yeah. of like a, a mass sort of thing but how long until that fails and it just unfortunately douses just some you know very large person that needs to go to the restroom
1: yeah um, i don't want to be funny here but what if you're a 300 right. pound person and you want go to the restroom you're gonna hit with water
3: no doubt and uh another thing too is I- i've heard that it has uh, a thing that can sort of uh track heat signatures so you know every every body has its own sort of heat signature you can identify that through like thermal cameras and, and things like that um really? yeah i mean i i support the idea in the sense that uh it could curb things like human trafficking and in the, the right, right you know underhanded seedy business of of prostitution and things like that but right. i mean I, I don't know it just it, it feels like this is just a matter of time until one of these, you know, bathrooms attacks some poor guy who just needs to go to the bathroom and can't without getting into
1: a water fight. That's how I see it. We'll see what happens. Uh, the biggest box office earner in the in the world, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. Happy to say he got hitched. He I, got hitched. I know. I, this yeah. kind of came out of nowhere, too. Like, he's had a very longtime girlfriend,
3: but there were no plans about this, right? Like, they just kind of all of a sudden showed up earlier this week with, uh, Like a marriage announcement.
1: Yeah, it's it's very interesting. You know, a man that's literally one of the most famous men in the world, right? And where everybody else is trying to be relevant with, I'm doing this, I'm dating this person, I'm dating that person. And I really respect The Rock. You know, he's all work. He's all play. He's all respect. He's all motivational. And his private life, he keeps private. You know, he's he's shown his daughter and her, her daughters, and now we see his wife. I think this is fine. I love it. I think it. this is really yeah. cool. I love it. And congratulations, Dwayne. I mean, there, there's, I
3: there's no reason to just have just insane pomp and circumstance because you're rich if you don't want it do you know what i mean if you're wildly successful it doesn't mean you need to live a wildly luxurious life in 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 your private time and uh i mean every time we hear about a couple getting married that uh, is is a bigger deal. Like it leads entertainment tonight. You know what I mean? Like it's it's the yeah. story of the year. I kind of like someone as big as Dwayne Johnson, just, you know, doing his own thing, keeping it out of the public light. And it, it, to me, no matter how big he gets and how famous he is, it shows me on the outside looking in that there's still a part of him where he's just a dude. He's just a guy.
1: Absolutely. You know, when he came out with his own tequila, which I'm sure he served at his wedding and I'm sure that no old men got punched it's all good <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good <laughs> alright listen a little collectible talk here 125 year old dime Okay, 1894 dime just sold for 1.32 million check your drawers folks go see your grandparents look in their attics. see what's up there I'm telling you I'm going to give you some samples here of another thing that happened it's going to blow you away in a second so let's go on to some other stuff here uh this is interesting movie memorabilia i always love when they sell movie memorabilia so uh jack nicholson's axe from the shining
0: mm-hmm. right,
1: right along with russell crowe's armor from gladiator and samuel Jackson's star lightsaber from star wars are among 900 items <clears> that are going up for sale in a massive auction of movie props which usually sell pretty impressive uh they expect the collection to, to fetch 7.3 million so let me give you a couple samples here the a uh, stormtrooper helmet from Star Wars is among the headline items. Estimated sales price will be a hundred and uh, excuse me, two hundred eighteen thousand. Jackson's lightsaber from the two thousand five uh, Star Wars film *Revenge of the Sith* is expected to bring in well over a hundred thousand. Does it work? The sword, you? Uh, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's you know, it's it's a movie <laughs>
3: prop. Right, I just wanted to see if I could well, catch yeah, you like, off guard.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, you almost did, but no, it, it <laughs> works to a point. To a right, point. right. Um. Mel Gibson's sword, the big sword he uses, William Wallace in the movie Braveheart, which he directed, uh, is also up. They expect that to go over fifty thousand. Pierce Bronson's uh, Walther PPK, along with silencer, obviously does not work. Right. But we'll expect it to fetch uh, fetch about seventy thousand. Michael Keaton's Batman suit from the first Batman that he oh, did wow. is expected. Yeah, expected to rake in one hundred and forty thousand. That I'd seems a little that. low. I bet that goes. For, yeah, I bet that goes for a lot more. Yeah, I'm, i I'm, that...
3: I definitely feel that. I. I mean. Uh, of all the Batman films and, and think about the technology that has gotten, you know, developed over the time you know, from from Michael Keaton to, you know, Christian Bale as Batman, like the CGI and everything that they have put into those films has just made it so much better, but still people talk about how Michael Keaton was the best Batman and what, that, that movie came out what, 30 years ago at this point? I think 30 years ago?
1: Uh, 89 if I'm not yeah, mistaken Yeah, so, so yeah. I mean...
3: I, I think that film is held up for a variety of reasons, but Michael Keaton is definitely, you know, his performance is one of those reasons in that suit. It is iconic. That thing's going to sell for closer to half a million or a, uh, yeah, half a million dollars in my opinion.
1: I, I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. And again, I want to bring up something about Michael Keaton. He is one of the hardworking, very talented, both movie stars. And now what I would call character actor, constantly getting work, constantly doing, You know, Spider-Man playing the bad guy, you name it. This guy does a lot, right? I used to see him in the late 70s, early 80s, as a stand-up comedian at the Comedy Store before he ever made his first movie. No kidding.
3: I had no idea. Wow.
1: Yep, yep, yep. Little-known fact about Michael Keaton, but definitely cut his teeth over there. You know, we talk about Steve McQueen uh, all the time on the show, too. And now it's just been announced, the 1968 Ford Mustang Fastback, classic driven by steve mcqueen in the in the classic film bullet which really took car chases to a whole new level is now going to be coming out of hiding um it's been hidden away for several decades and it's going to be up for sale and for auction god only knows what this is going to sell for there's no estimates i would venture to say that you're definitely looking at well over a million dollars if not three four million dollars for this car that's my guess what's your bid gonna be my bid Gonna be. I hope to go see it. I'll call my friend Chad McQueen, Steve's <laughs> son, and ask him if I can drive it before he sells it. That's about.
3: That's about what I'm gonna get. Okay? Hey, just don't stop. You get in that car. Just don't
1: stop. Yeah. Just don't stop. All right. Last collectible thing, and I love this story. This is. This goes up. where again. Check the addicts. Don't ever hesitate. An Ohio boy was playing around in a creek bed. Okay. Mm-hmm. A creek bed. Mm-hmm. Across and and he can't stumble across an odd ridged object. That was jutting out of the mud. You can imagine what that looks like, right? Sure. Guess the object takes it home. You know what it turned out to be? A prehistoric woolly mammoth tooth. Tooth. What? He, he found the tooth of a mammoth. A prehistoric mammoth that became extinct 10,000 years ago is what he found. Um, there's no guesstimate on the value of this. I would have to say this is going to be up in the area again like the the, the saber-toothed tiger that Dana White has in his office and some other things this has got to be a quarter to a half million dollar find. oh I think more than that Bruce I mean we're talking maybe about, more than that yeah. yeah
3: I mean I I don't know what the world supply of of mammoth teeth are uh, I'm guessing it's pretty low and uh yeah I mean heck I might even hold on to that thing for a while don't don't rush to sell it you know what I mean
1: He's 12 years old. I would hold on to it forever. You see the smile on this kid. What a uh, thing. That's crazy. His parents are going right, to sell feel- it. You know that. Exactly. The feel-good feel story of the week have not the feel-good story of the year. Mike Tyson says that he and his crew smoke $40,000 worth of marijuana every month at his marijuana ranch. <laughs> $40,000. Now, my brother just How big is his the-
3: crew? I don't know. If it's like 400 people, it's not that impressive. If it's like four... Jesus, dude.
1: I would say it's a small crew, and they be smoking. uh They basically smoke. They said they smoke ten tons of weed at his ranch a month. That can't be healthy. I, 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 it's amazing. I mean, Mike obviously, you know, keeps him calm, so I guess it's working. Uh, my brother did a show, his video podcast, and he said they were definitely enjoying. But let's face it, it's legal in California. Not my brother. My brother doesn't smoke, but he. He said when he was there because I, I kidded with him. I said, "Did you get a second hand high?" He goes, "No, I was okay." But he goes, "Boy, they were smoking like crazy, you know, before the show and everything." Uh, I mean, so, it's
3: impossible to go anywhere without smelling it. You know, it's
1: it's everywhere. It's legal. Bottom line, it's legal. It's up to you to judge it for what's best for yourself. Yeah, my whole thing is, it just smells gross. I don't like the smell. Really, you know, one thing about, I I actually I like the smell of uh, uh, cigars can smell really good. I don't smoke cigars. And, you know, when I've been around and smelled, you know, the smell of weed, I think it's kind of a cool smell. No, I'm not a fan. I mean, it just smells like a skunk. Do you have, like, a a sense of smell that's very sensitive? Yeah, for sure.
3: I mean, I think that's why why I'm a picky eater as well.
1: Yeah, Um, that's probably part of it right there. Yeah. All right, sounds good. TJ, this is all for me. What's uh, new for you and what's happening this week? Uh, By the way, folks, I am going off to Barcelona, Spain Saturday of this week. I'm going to play PokerStars uh, PokerStars is I'm um, an ambassador for, excuse me, let me rephrase this. I'm an ambassador for pokerstars.com.net, uh the PokerStars company and they're having a big event, big huge poker event with all the pros coming in to Barcelona, Spain. I'm going to Barcelona to play poker for 4 days and do an appearance there for them. And from there I will go directly to Shenzhen, China. Therefore I am out of the country for 10 days so we're gonna have one of our really good archive shows next week I'll come back for three days and then I'm off to Abu Dhabi for the big show in Abu Dhabi the return of Khabib Nurmagomedov Nurmagomedov. and I'm really looking forward to that got a heck of a two weeks ahead it's an adventure I can't wait very very excited that's what's happening with me what's happening with you TJ? Nothing uh, I
3: mean I'm I'm pretty much uh, grounded here and for a while nothing's going on for me Um, UFC, as you mentioned, uh, we're we're off this week, so no fight card uh, for me to do post-fight radio on. Uh, If you do have a UFC Fight Pass subscription, though, uh, go check out Combat Jiu-Jitsu Worlds. uh, That was available, uh, the welterweights. uh, New 170-pound champion in the art of combat jiu-jitsu was crowned here in Long Beach. It was a fantastic time, and hopefully people will find it uh, worth their while to go check it out.
1: That's awesome, man. And two quick things before we go. UFC 241 was an epic night. We've had so many great nights of fights this year. This was an amazing show, in my opinion. Would you agree with that, TJ? Oh, yeah. Great show.
3: Um, really
1: delivered, and
3: uh, the main card was just unbelievable. Some some great finishes and, uh, you know, uh, some legacy laid down once again by the statistically greatest uh, heavyweight champion in the UFC's history, and he was on this show, too, so that, that even makes it better.
1: It- Exactly, and my mom's uh, heartthrob boyfriend, Paolo Costa, uh, fought oh, Yoel Romero. And let me ask you a question. Yeah. Who won that fight, TJ?
3: I thought Yoel Romero won that fight, but it was just a strange fight. I'm not mad at uh, the decision the way it went. It was just weird. Uh, Yoel was basically uh, mocking Costa for, for you know the offense that he was getting hit with. And I actually think that paid a a sort of a disservice to Romero Um, agreed agreed I I thought he was outlanding Costa I didn't know how good those shots were that he was landing but I I could tell that he was outlanding Costa but I feel that the judges cage side kind of saw Romero clowning a little bit and and, I mean that old saying is you know when you're smiling and laughing at your opponent that means it was something good I kind of think that he was emphasizing uh, Costa's damage rather than taking away from it
1: well, I agree with you because, A, I'm a big fan of both these fighters. I, How I can't can you not be? My goodness. Have, yeah, and plus two of the <laughs> most amazing looking physical specimens walking in. You know, every girl is probably just glued to that screen. It's, my mom loves Paulo. Apollo, okay. And Paulo's right. actually sent her a video, and he's just the nicest guy. And Romero, these are, these are, again, I say this about a lot of the fighters, of course, because it's true. But you're talking two of the nicest guys beating the hell out of each other. But I do believe that when you showboat, I'm not a fan of showboat. Showboating and sticking out a tongue like that is part of showboating and quote me. Tell me if I'm wrong, but I do believe and agree with you, TJ. I think it took away. That might have been one of the reasons, if not a reason to sway the judge because that was such a close fight, you know, and that if I'm not mistaken is what you're saying. Right.
3: Yeah. I mean, okay. from from the punch numbers, the strike numbers, uh, Romero definitely outlanded Costa Um, aesthetically. it, It looked close. Um I, I still felt like Romero was winning, but again, like he was just it's just a weird fight for as as rock'em sock'em as it was. There were just times where I'm like, what are you guys doing right now?
1: Yeah, but it was so entertaining. For There's sure. There's no question. Now let's talk about entertaining. Okay, we already know this Deep and Daniel Cormier's fight was off the hook. Nate Diaz, the return of Nate Diaz against the ever skilled, ever improving, ever. Great warrior fighting three different weight divisions, Anthony Pettis. Okay. What an entertaining fight. Nate Diaz at his best, reigning supreme. Anthony Pettis will be back, of course, without a question. Huge long career ahead of him still. TJ, I want to see Masvidal. I want to see Diaz go at it. I don't see Connor McGregor coming in the mix right now. I see Masvidal and Diaz going at it. Even though Connor made a, a very good post today about respectfully about their fight fight congratulating Diaz and hoping that if it happens he's willing to fight again that was great to see but what who do you want to see Nate fight
3: uh yeah I think Masvidal a fight to have yeah I do um if not then then it's Connor. but it seems like Connor needs to figure out all his uh things going on in his life but yeah no for me uh Diaz and Masvidal that that's the fight to make and if that fight doesn't get made then uh I don't don't think we're going to see Nate fighting anytime soon
1: that's a bummer. God, is so happy to have him back. I can't wait to see him again. What's going on with his brother? I mean,
3: you know, Nick's being Nick, I think. Living in Vegas, hanging out, partying, having fun.
1: Living the All right. Well, well, good for him. But uh, one last thing before I sign off. He's not suspended anymore. He can fight if he wants to, right? Mm-hmm. God darn. I just love the Diaz brothers. It's so much fun to announce, so much fun to watch fight. I hope they both get back soon. All right, with that being said, TJ, have a great week. Um, I'll miss you, buddy. Talk to you in a couple weeks. Going to go off to Barcelona, Spain, where they like to eat dinner at midnight. And that's perfect because I'll be playing poker during the day and then having some fun at night and enjoying myself. I'm looking at this as a little vacation. I will see you all when I'm back. We'll have an archive show next week. TJ, love you, brother. Always great to have you on the show, which is every time I have a show. So with that being said, <laughs> all right, everybody, everybody, goodbye. Treat everybody with respect. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Be a role model in the sphere of influence. Set your goals. Write them down. Learn about them before you set on that path. And when you do set on that path, Be the best you can be because then you are winning. And that's what we talk about on It's Time Radio. We are a winning show. We talk about winners. We try to be the best we can be through failure, through defeat, through success. You don't know what it's like to succeed until you fail, and that means that success is in your future. Always. Never give up. Never let down. Talk to you in two weeks. Buffer out. Everybody have a great time. The
0: preceding podcast was a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be directed to desantisprod at gmail.com. Hi, this is Stephanie from Safeway. Exciting news. Safeway, Chevron, and Texaco are offering even more savings at the pump. Now through September 8th, shop at Safeway and redeem up to $1 per gallon in gas rewards at participating Chevron and Texaco stations and at Safeway fuel stations. Shop Safeway this week and earn up to $1 per gallon in gas rewards. This is Stephanie from Safeway, and we'll see you soon. Maximum gas reward at participating Chevron or Texaco stations is $1 per gallon in a single fill-up, up up to 25 gallons for a limited time. Other restrictions and exclusions apply. See complete details in store or at Safeway.com. Hi, this is Stephanie from Safeway. Exciting news! Safeway, Chevron, and Texaco are offering even more savings at the pump. Now through September 8th, shop at Safeway and redeem up to $1 per gallon in gas rewards at participating Chevron and Texaco stations and at Safeway fuel stations. Shop Safeway this week and earn up to $1 per gallon in gas rewards. This is Stephanie from Safeway, and we'll see you soon. Maximum gas reward at participating Chevron or Texaco stations is $1 per gallon in a single fill-up, up up to 25 gallons for a limited time. Other restrictions and exclusions apply. See complete details in-store or at Safeway.com.